Jesus, I thank you, Minister Tubbs, and, and we had a Holy Ghost time. If you were there Friday night, a Holy Ghost time at Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple. And we thank the Lord for the great miracle in Brother Nathan's life. God bless this young man. God bless this young man. We love him. Amen. Amen. And uh, we look forward to, to hearing more about it. And... Uh, but I want, to, I want to turn your attention this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8. You know, we witnessed Friday night several uh, organizations coming together. PAW, UPC, PCAF. And we all linked hands and began to praise the Lord. And the stipulation was, you got to grab hands with somebody you don't go to church with. <laughs> and when we did that and began to praise the Lord, folks, something happens when the people are together in unity. The anointing of God flows so freely, so effortlessly, when we are in unity one with another. You know what our world needs? Our world needs a united body of Christ. And by the grace of God, you and I are the ones that can make that happen. Hallelujah. How many want to commit and devote yourself to being one in Jesus with your brother and your sister? Hallelujah. The healing of God flows through that kind of an atmosphere. The power of God flows through that kind of atmosphere. Romans 8 and verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want to say that again. I reckon. Look at your neighbor, neighbor say, I reckon. That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want to preach for just a few moments on this subject, the reckoning. The reckoning. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we go to the Lord together in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you. In your precious name of Jesus, we ask that each and every individual would be touched by the power of your word. God, we ask in Jesus' name ha, for healing virtue to flow in this place, for a mighty manifestation of your spirit, oh God, to have complete free course in this house. We pray in Jesus' name that your messenger would preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and that your people would hear and receive and that all of us may be edified by your holy word. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The song tells us that there's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share. It says that there's a city wherein the Lamb is the light, a city where there cometh no night. And then the writer says, I have a mansion over there, and it is free from toil and care. I'm going where the lamb is the light. One song said, what a day that will be 
When my Jesus, I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. One songwriter said, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joy shall never end, I will fly away. The songwriters would speak concerning this place and describe it as the golden strand. They spoke fondly and often of streets paved with gold. One of them even said, I want my mansion next door to Jesus. Amen. We're looking forward to going to heaven, folks. There's something beautiful about knowing that, that this is not where it finishes or finalizes. If we had hope only in this world, we would be of all men most miserable. But we thank God that we have a hope beyond this life. And we look around us and realize every day all the more increasingly that this world is not our home. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God. As I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, folks who aren't looking forward to a, a land of promise, I don't know how they get up in the morning. Because these problems are unsolvable from worldly solutions. These problems that this world faces, if you're planning on this being your end all, then, then there's no wonder that the depression rates are rising. And it's no wonder that the suicide rates are soaring because it is a most miserable state of mind. But I'm glad to say to somebody in this place that there's a happy land of promise just beyond the starry sky. Oh, hallelujah. I can hear the words of Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Oh, hallelujah. And I would like to remind you when you try to imagine that place, I'd like to remind you that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for us. It, it doth not even yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, we shall be like him. One songwriter put it like this. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Because I'm going to a city. I plan on heaven being my home. And there is nothing in this world that is worth missing out on that eternal home. There is no false doctrine so believable. There is no lust of the flesh so alluring. There is no lust of the eye so tempting as to be worth losing sight and missing out on that heavenly home. Don't let anything pull you down, shove you off track. Sway you, cause you to swerve, cause you to miss out. Above all else, above all else, I must be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Those songs, we got to sing them sometimes. I must be saved. I must be saved. I must be saved for Jesus' sake. Why wouldn't you be saved when Jesus saved? Why wouldn't you want to be saved when Jesus saves? That's what he does, folks. He saves. 
And he doesn't just save certain people. He saves to the uttermost. Somebody said from the uttermost and the guttermost, Jesus saves. Hallelujah. How many thankful the day that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you're here today and you're still bound and confused and conflicted, I want you to know in the name of Jesus, he saves. And he's here to save you. He's here and you're here on purpose. He set this appointment. You think you got yourself here. But the Lord arranged things just as he wanted them. So that you would arrive at this place and hear the timeless message. Jesus saves. So we rejoice about going to that beautiful city. But there is, a, there, is, there is a pivot between here and there. There, there is this little, this little uh, hurdle, if you please, between here and there. And uh, it's called the day of reckoning. It's called the day of judgment. And I know, I, I know not many people shouted when I said that, so that gives us a foretaste of how much fun these next few minutes are going to be. But I have to preach the whole counsel of God. And I don't want folks to get so, so, so fixated on heaven that they don't prepare for what comes just before they enter that city. And that is a day of absolute and thorough, diligent judgment of the all-seeing eye. The almighty God who is omnipresent. There is no sin that you could confess that God doesn't already know about. There is no, there is no need you have that he doesn't already know you have. For the Father knoweth. That you have need of these things. And his diligent search of your spirit inside and out is capable of knowing exactly where your heart is. Regardless of where you say your heart is. Regardless of where you think your heart is. God knows the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. He knows every deed you have done, public or private. He knows every thought that you have considered. He knows every temptation to which you have fallen and every temptation that you have resisted. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you and I far deeper, far, far deeper, infinitely more thorough than what we could ever fully comprehend. God knows that. And there is coming a day of absolute judgment, final judgment, where the books will be open wide and the deeds of every man and the deeds of every woman will be laid out and there will have to be account given. I hope you're prepared. You thought it was tough preparing for the SAT, ACT. You thought your final exams were rough. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you about a day of judgment. That is not going to be a, a pleasant experience. And, and it is a day when we must give account. I want to... I want to just bring to bear what the Bible says about the day of judgment. The Bible says that every word shall be brought into judgment. And, and then it, it, it's more clear than that. Every idle word will be brought into judgment. You know that stuff that you just said because you were mad? That stuff you just, you just spouted off and spoke out into the atmosphere and then you forgot all about it? It was recorded in the book of your life. The book of your life contains all of your deeds and your thoughts and your words and your actions. It, it contains who you are. It is written down. It is recorded. And it will be brought out. 
on the day of reckoning, on the day of judgment. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why you better put your faith in Jesus Christ. Because there's only one who has ever withstood the searing judgment of God. And his name isn't Joel. And his name isn't found among the folks in this room or any other room in this nation on Sunday morning. But that name is Jesus. And there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It doesn't matter what their name is. His name is the only name that saves. It doesn't matter what the title they have is. His name is the only name that saves. And the book of your life will be embarrassing. The book of your life will be humiliating. The book of your life, you won't want anybody around. When that book of your life opens wide. But I thank God that I surrendered my life. And said I don't want who this man is. Joel Urshan has to die in Christ. And I, won't, I don't want my name written down in my book of life. I want to be included in the Lamb's book of life. I want to surrender my deeds and my actions. I want to surrender my thoughts. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just about feeling good on earth. And it's not just about surviving on earth. And it's not just about prospering on earth. And it's not just about getting along with folks on earth. There's a day of judgment coming. And the books are going to open wide. And if your name, your name is already affixed to the book of your life. That's already there. It's already in place. But if your name isn't written in the Lamb's book of life, then this book that you've already amassed stands. But if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, it cancels out what was written in this book that you're embarrassed about. <laughs> Folks, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to be like, all right, let's, we're going to talk about Joel Urshan. All right, Joel. You ready? You've been preparing for this for a long time. You ready? All right, let's look at the book of Joel Urshan. It's going to stand this tall. This is the top cover, and this is the bottom cover. And before all the pages flip open and every embarrassing detail is brought up and brought out about Joel Urshan, the Lord checks the Lamb's book of life. Let's see if his name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And it's going to take a while. My name starts with you, and I've been at the end of every line I've ever been in. A, B, C, D, Davidson, Evans, Franklin, Matthews, LMNOP, QRS, and I'm going to be waiting. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. U-R-S-A. Yep, here it is. Then you're going to have to go through all the urchins, and there's a lot of them in there already. <laughs> oh, Lord. There it is, Joel. Joel Urshan. So you can get rid of that book. We don't need it if he's in this book. in the Lamb's I'm going to tell you the greatest privilege of my life is to preach this gospel this gospel of salvation this gospel of peace I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is the power of God it is the hope of the nations it is the love of God for his creation I'm not mincing words when I say repent of all your sins be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mincing words. I'm saying get your name in that Lamb's book of life. Because there is a day of judgment that is coming. 
Matthew chapter 25 describes that day. It is, it is a horrible day, folks. I'm not going to kid you. It is a horrible, horrible day for many people. There are many people right now mocking the words that I'm saying. There are many people walking around our world scoffing at preachers just like me who would dare get up and say the kinds of things I'm saying. That I would tell folks that, that they, if they die in their sins, then they're going to meet God in judgment and have to give account for those sins. They would call that hate speech. They'd love to persecute us for believing what I'm preaching right now. We preach it nonetheless. Because when this earth is passed, this word stands. When this world is on fire, this word stands forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, Jesus said, shall not pass away. And so we preach the word with no fear and no favor. We preach the word instant in season and out of season. Reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long-suffering and doctrine. Jesus described the case in Matthew 25. One instance after another, the way that the judgment will occur. He said that there were ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. The five wise virgins had enough oil in their lamps. The five foolish virgins did not have enough oil in their lamps. So there came a point in the night where when the bridegroom had delayed his coming, the five wise were expecting that it might not happen exactly when they thought it would happen. And so the rest of their oil came in quite handy. But the five foolish virgins had not enough oil to last any longer than what they had anticipated. Don't you fall into the trap of losing out with God because he doesn't fit your time clock. Don't lose that. It saddens me to see folks who have one portion of their life devoted and dedicated to God, but then something happens and then they walk away from the Lord. They didn't bring enough oil in their lamps. The old timers would sing a song and said, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. The Bible says that, that, that the five foolish ran out of oil and looked to the five wise and said, give us of your oil. But the five wise said, we only brought enough for us. Other folks can't save you. You can't reach down the row and ask somebody for a little bit of their Holy Ghost. You can't send a quick text and say, can you give me some of your faith because I'm running low. No, you better. You, you, and you, you have to be right with God. You're going to stand. You are going to stand before God. In judgment. And the pastor will be close by. i got to give account for the people I preach to. So how would you like to be me? <laughs> That's not going to be the, the funnest day, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to be able to say in the name of the Lord, God, I preached your word. You called me to preach it, and I preached it. You called me to declare it, and I declared it. I spoke your word, Lord. I didn't fear or favor. I hope to be able to stand before God and say those words. But you can't lean on somebody else's oil. When the bridegroom came, the five wise virgins were saved, and the five foolish virgins were lost. Jesus moves on to describe in the very next verse when that parable had concluded. In the very next verse, he describes that there were three men with talents given to them of their master. One was given five talents. Another was given two talents. And the third was given one talent. The man with five talents took his five talents while the master went away. And he multiplied his talents. 
to where when the master came back, he had ten talents to show for what he had been given. The man with two talents invested his talents while the master was away. And when the master returned, he had four talents to show for what he had been given. But the one talented servant took that one talent, and I don't know if he underestimated it. I don't know if he was offended that he didn't get more than that. But regardless, he said, I, I, I hid the talent in the earth. And he thought that the master would be understanding. But the master looked at him and said, you wicked. And here's a word. I know you ready for this word? Slothful servant. The other two he looked to and said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The opposite of slothfulness is faithfulness. And the opposite of wickedness is goodness. You wicked and slothful servant. To the others, he said, into thou, into the joy of thy Lord. But to the wicked and the slothful, he said, you'll be cast into outer darkness. Where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And he was, the Bible says, cast into outer darkness. Then there was the third parable where that he said that there would come a day when all the nations of the earth would come before the Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why we need to pray for our nation. And furthermore, this is why we need to be baptized into the body of Christ so that when it comes time to judge the nations, we're part of the holy nation. Because all the nations of the earth are going to be judged. And when he lines them up, he's going to separate these nations. He's going to mark a distinction between them. And he's going to separate folks into two categories. The sheep from the goats. Now that's a scary proposition, ladies and gentlemen. Because the sheep will eat what the shepherd leads them to eat. So who is your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. But then there are goats. And goats will eat the same stuff sheep will eat. But goats will also eat everything else. Those who raised goats will tell you a goat will eat anything. And a lot of times there are people who come into the body of Christ and they eat like sheep eat. But then when they go back out into the world, they eat anything that comes down their way. This is the difference between the sheep and the goat. God wants to lead you and guide you into green pastures because he wants to be... Lord of your life, not because it feeds his ego, but because it is his desire to save your soul. God wills that no man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Finally, he speaks of a, an, a, an environment in the same chapter. Matthew 25 goes from the virgin's parable to the parable of the talented servants, to the parable of the separating of the sheep and the goats. Finally, he talks about a day in which the judgment is occurring and people will show up and think they are saved. And they will come with a list to show God everything they've done for him. We cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We fed the hungry in your name. And the Lord said he would look at them and say, but I never knew you. And to some, he looked at them and said, when I was hungry, you never fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. And when I was in prison, you never visited me. They said, we never saw you in that condition. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you were doing it unto me. 
See, some, I'm gonna, and then there was, a, there was a crowd that came and said, we did do these things. But he said, you never knew me. And I'm the one who saves. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that your only hope is in Jesus Christ. You can come with whatever list of whatever you've done, and it won't get you past the day of reckoning. You can, get, you can come up with whatever good deeds that you have in your resume, and it won't get you past the day of reckoning. Your only hope is in Jesus Christ. Your only salvation is in Jesus Christ. The only way we're getting from here to there is in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God who have given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God will prepare you if you'll let him for the day of judgment. God will prepare you if you'll allow him to. Now, you, you, you know, if you got this. I would say good luck with that, but I'm not going to say that because there is no luck good enough to take you through that most impeccable, precise, meticulous judgment of human hearts. No luck, no fortune, no pedigree, no connection, no family connection. There's no kind of under the table dealings. This is righteous judgment you're dealing with. I know you've never seen the, the real, real righteous judgment of God on display in the earth, but there's no under the table dealings that will go on in that day of judgment. You're not going to be able to pay somebody off to get what you want. You better be ready. And you, let me just tell you, you don't got this. Look at your neighbor say, I reckon I don't got this. I don't got this. I need Jesus. And if you listen closely, ha! He'll let you know, I got this. It's under control. I'm getting you ready. I'll tell you something, I've gone through some things I wish I didn't have to go through. But it was because God was getting me ready for a day of reckoning. Hallelujah. I've gone through some trials, some tribulation. But the waiver, I wish I didn't have to go through it. I think I'd have been better off on this earth if I hadn't gone through it. But God wasn't concerned so much about this earth. He was getting me ready for a new heaven and a new Jerusalem. He's going to strip me down. He's going to strip me down of some stuff that, that you're not getting to heaven with that junk. So I'm going to allow you to go through some fiery trial until that junk is stripped from you. No, 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 there's some stuff on me. That God knows I can't take into glory. Hey, let me remind you, saint of God, child of God. No sin will enter that city. The Bible said, talked about a certain fearful looking for of judgment. Somebody asked me if I'm a grace preacher or a fire and brimstone preacher. I said, I'm both. Because they're both true. They're both true. There's fire and brimstone coming. And by the grace of God, we are saved by grace through faith. But if you let God, God will allow you to go through some things that will take from you the stuff that won't pass judgment.
Job said, I go forward and he is not there. I go backward and I cannot find him. I go to the left hand where he doth work and oh, he's not there either. I go to the right hand where I've always been able to feel him on the right, but he's not over here either. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold tried in the fire. Let me tell you that that gold that God makes us to be is a pure gold. It is transparent gold. Listen, the, the, the jewels of heaven are different than the jewels on earth. On earth, every jewel has its, has its own uh, little, little color. But, but when it comes to heavenly jewels, the Bible describes heaven as so pure and so transparent that, that you can actually see through. The river is clear as glass. The walls are clear as glass. The streets of gold. It's not like the yellow brick road, ladies and gentlemen. It is transparent. It, 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 you're walking on a street, but you can't see anything under you. That's the kind of gold that God is making us to be. And the reason that this is all so transparent in the New Jerusalem is that everywhere you look, you're going to see the Lamb. There is no wall in the New Jerusalem that will obstruct my view of Jesus. There is no door, there's no street, there's no gate that will obstruct my view of the Lamb who is worthy of my praise. That's the kind of gold that God is making me into. He is stripping me down of anything that obstructs people's view of Jesus. I need to remind you, I'm made in the image of God. I know that's hard to believe, you know, because there's so much Joel. And you can't get past Joel to see the image of God. But I, let me go through a few more things. And it'll strip some of that arrogance off. And it'll strip some of that pride off. And it'll strip some of that ego off. And it'll strip some of that rebellion off. And it'll strip some of that ignorance off. It'll strip some of that unkindness off. And by the time he gets done with me, you won't see anything, Joel. You'll just see Jesus. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Whatever you're facing, count it joy. He's preparing you. He's preparing you. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. There's going to be times you cry yourself to sleep at night. There's going to be times that the pain in your body is intense there's going to be times where you worry yourself sick concerning all the potential problems that could be it's going to be in those moments where he's preparing you to meet him in the air it's going to be in those times and those experiences in those moments where he is preparing your heart to be like him Hallelujah. So we looked at Apostle Paul who said, I reckon. He wasn't from Mississippi. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. And I, I think of that word reckon. And, and it means I've thought this through. I've thought this over. I have judged this accordingly. And I have come to a conclusion. Now, all that's wrapped up in one phrase. I reckon. I reckon. It can work for anything. When you're trying to decide what's on the buffet at such and such corral, golden corral. I reckon they have mashed potatoes tonight. I reckon they do. You reckon? You reckon? I reckon. Yeah. It's a big word. And Paul is, Paul kind of gives way to some of his, his uh, southern roots here, I guess. I don't know. But he just said, I reckon, after everything I've been through, after all my problems, out of, after all my circumstances, I reckon, 
that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. I've had some time to think about it. I've been sitting in jailhouses and I reckon, hallelujah, that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared. I've been floating on pieces of a boat a day and a night in the deep and I, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy they're not worthy to be compared. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body yeah I've been troubled but I reckon that that trouble isn't worth missing out on the glory that's coming I've been distressed, I've been perplexed, I've gone through trials, I've been persecuted, but I reckon. See, you, see here's the thing, here's the thing, here's what you got to remember. When you're being persecuted, you can't wait for the day of reckoning to come. There's a day of reckoning right then and right there. You have to judge right where you are. Is it worth losing out with God? And the answer is always no. This will not make me bitter. It will make me better. This will not destroy me. I will arise. Rejoice not against me, O oh mine enemy. For when I fall, I, I shall arise. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. I shall arise. I am coming out of this. I am getting stronger. I am getting wiser. Because I'm not waiting, I'm not waiting to stand before God in judgment to decide if it was worth living for him. My reckoning is right now, and right now I reckon he's worth it. This is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You're going to be standing in line with folks who are still trying to decide. Should I go to church? They're at the judgment seat. They're still standing in line. Should I pray? They're the next in line to the judgment seat. You better do your reckoning now. I'm going to reckon. I'm, I'm going I'm to reckon I'm, a, I'm just going to reckon that this stuff I'm going through is not worth losing out with God. Verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 6, in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers, and yet true as unknown and yet well-known as dying, and behold, we live as chastened and not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things I just reckon I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I'm, I'm poor but I'm rich I have nothing but as I sit here and reckon things out I realize I possess all things 
This is the reckoning right now. I'm reckoning right now. I'm, I'm facing God right now. I'm making my mind up now. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting till I'm on my deathbed. I have decided to follow Jesus. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I said you can take this whole world, but you better give me Jesus. Ah. Hallelujah. He said concerning Macedonia, 2 Corinthians 7 and 5, when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within fears. One of his greatest works, and he confesses, we were troubled on every side. There was not a moment when they weren't troubled. And you're waiting for something on this earth to, to, to somehow be heaven. You have to reckon right now. If it never improves, I'm not losing out with God. You have to reckon right now. This is the day of reckoning, ladies and gentlemen. God's trying to prepare you for the day of total and final judgment. He goes on in verse 8. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry. Though it were but for a season, now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. He goes on to say, he doesn't stop. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 20 you suffer, listen to this, if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, that's when you suffer. Isn't that when we suffer? If a man exalt himself. We call that severe persecution. If a man acts arrogant, if a man exalts himself, if a man smite you on the face, uh-oh, Smite me on the face. Now I'm really being persecuted. Paul says, listen, I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths Oft of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice we preach about the one time. But three times he suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness. In watchings often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. In cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. I've been through some stuff. And not one of us can stand next to the Apostle Paul. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You can't stand next to what the Apostle Paul went through. And the Apostle Paul had enough time in those lonely jail cells. And enough time in those lonely graveyards. And enough time getting beaten by rods and shipwrecked. A night and a day in the deep. To think about it all. To consider each little thing that had happened. Each major persecution. And he reckoned. It's not worth missing out on the glory that's coming. It's not worth it. 
It's not worthy to be compared. It's not worthy to be compared. He goes on. He goes on. He, he, I won't read it all. He just said that, you know what? I, I had, God gave me so much revelation. And then along with the revelation came a thorn. That he stuck into my flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. So that I would not become arrogant or egotistical. And God gave him a thorn in his flesh. Put in him, in his side, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I don't know what all you're dealing with today. But I will tell you this. It's not worth losing out with God. You have to reckon right now. Judge right now. <laughs> Doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm going to see Jesus someday. I'm going to see Jesus someday. Lift up your hands right now in this place. Lift up your hands right now in this place. I'm going to see Jesus someday. I'm going to see Jesus someday. I'm going to see Jesus someday. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to see Jesus someday. Hallelujah. Come on, I want somebody going through a trial of your life right now. I want you just to lift up your hearts to God and say, God, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to receive what this trial has for me. Whatever it is that this trial has for me, I'm going to, I'm going to receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, all across this building, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Come on, there's a reckoning happening right now. Judge in yourselves right now. Judge in yourselves right now. Don't wait for God to judge you. Judge in yourselves right now. Before that day comes, before that great and terrible day of the Lord, judge in yourselves right now. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be all right. I reckon I'm going to make it. I reckon that I'm going to overcome the adversary. I reckon. Yes, I do. I have figured it out. I have decided. I'm going to follow my God. I'm going to live for my God. I'm going to serve my God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, all across this building, let's stand to our feet right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come on all across this building. Let's pray right now. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Come on, let's love him right now. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. There's a reckoning happening in this building. There's a reckoning happening in this building. Hallelujah. 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 I want somebody to come forward right now. Somebody come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you've got something in your life, you need to give it to God right now. Just go ahead, bring it to him in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Come on, that's it. It's not worth. It's not worth it. If they hurt you, it's not worth losing out with God. No matter how bad the pain, it's not worth it to lose out with God. Come on, you got to reckon now. You've got to decide now in the name of Jesus. 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 As we are getting ready to pray, I want to bring something to you tonight in the presence of the Lord. Friday night at Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple. We had an amazing service. At the end of the service, I went back to Bishop Bower's office and I changed clothes and I sat down in the office and I was just getting ready to just, just catch my breath. All of a sudden, Anna came in with one of the elders of the church. She said, Dad, you got to hurry quick. Nathan has passed out. I went quickly into the sanctuary, and there Brother Nathan was 
laying on the ground, and he had, he had passed out. But it was different than it happened in the past. They couldn't get a pulse, and they couldn't, they couldn't get him to breathe. And, and we began to pray. Brother Darius Frierson was there praying for him and said, you're not going out like this. You're not going out like this. I grabbed his hand, and he, he squeezed my hand. As I began to say, it's going to be okay, Nathan, in the name of Jesus, it's going to be all right. At first his hand was lifeless, but then his hand squeezed my hand, and his eyes fluttered open. And he looked at me and, and, and nodded, a confirming nod. And, and we prayed that while the saints sweetly sang, oh, the blood of Jesus. I say all that to say that we got word from the paramedics that he had died in the altar at that moment, but that he was raised back to life. Ladies and gentlemen... This young man is facing an attack of the enemy on his body. And we just got word that he had passed out again this morning. And we're going to plead the blood of Jesus over his body. Can you? Because God raised him up one time. And God wants this young man to live. Let's plead the blood of Jesus over him and pray over him right now in the name of Jesus. All across this building. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to operate in this house in the name of Jesus. Come on, I need some prayer warriors to go to travailing in prayer for Nathan right now. Call his name out in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over Nathan's body from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak the power of God. We speak the holy power of God in Jesus' name. Lord God, deliver him in Jesus' name and make him whole. Deliver him and make him whole in the name of Jesus. Deliver him and make him whole in the name of Jesus. Right now, God. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Deliver him and make him whole, Almighty God, by your power, by your great power. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, that's it, church. I believe the Lord is doing something in this house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. All across this building. Come on, speak faith. Speak life. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. The power of God. The power of God be manifest in Nathan's body. The power of God be manifest in Nathan's body. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. The power of God be manifest in Nathan's body right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, move upon him. Spirit of the living God, move upon him right now. Spirit of the living God, move upon him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God, we give you praise. Mighty God, we give you praise. Mighty God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Mighty God, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Right now, all across this building, let's reach out to God. If you have a need in your body, if you have a need in your spirit, the Lord is here to touch your life. The Lord is here to bring healing and power and deliverance to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The anointing of God is upon you. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every
in the name of Jesus. There is power. Yes, Lord. Come on, declare it in the name of the Lord. Declare it in the name of the Lord. You'll break every chain.